0: In a world where the timeline is shattered and every famous historical figure exists at the same time, one publishing house dares try reunite the greatest literary minds in history. This is the Puffin Publishing Podcast.
1: it's me, John Green.
2: This seems out
1: of character for you, John. Ah, oh, God. It's just me off camera, punk. Oh.
2: I understand that you're new, so you have to get used to the shoe that we wear. It's big to fill. That came out better in my head.
3: It's okay, Shel Silverstein. I You'll know. get it. Oh, That's better than so
1: anything this is. kid wrote.
2: Oh, come on. I wrote it when I was 16.
1: Oh, yeah. I wrote great oh, yeah. like Annabelle Lee. You wrote, like, stupid Lee. Damn!
2: Oh,
0: sick
1: burn. Sick burn it. Wow.
0: Guys, give me my
1: backpack. Ah, Let's see what he's got in the backpack. Come on. Is this the hobbit? Do you want to be like big old Mr. Tolkien?
2: some new oh me. look at oh, that. Hey, his book is broken. Wh- wh- yes,
1: <laughs> yeah, see yeah. it oh.
2: light on in the attic? I'm not kidding
1: what you're going for there. Oh, look, he's got a lunch. Baby Why? brought a sack lunch.
2: The only thing they keep in the kitchen here is whiskey. I mean, how am I supposed to drink that? Ah, oh, God. You, you get used to it, and you get hardened. God, I did not expect. I know about hardened. Oh. Yeah, you
1: do. Yeah, you do I've it. seen some things. i wrote some things. Oh,
2: I about his boner, oh
1: god! Hey, you looking at my junk?
2: No, it's at eye level, what am I supposed to do?
1: Come on, Nico, you like his junk? Is that what you're saying?
2: No, Nicholas, is not like Edgar Allan Poe's junk. Ah, oh, jeez! Listen, kid, listen. I know you think you can walk up in here because you read a big, fat book that did moderately well. It became a movie! A mediocre film
1: adaptation at best. All right,
2: but stop giving me a wedgie about it! Jesus Christ! Look
1: at him! Look at him! Look at him, he's wearing dragon underwear. He's gonna cry. baby!
2: Why don't you guys go sit on a dick, all right, huh? God! Why yep. don't you go take a long walk off a short pier, you miserable sons of bitches? Oh. You're taking out your inner insecurities on little old Nicholas Pellini. oh jeez. Man, those were some real good comebacks, Nicholas. Where'd you get them off the back of your cereal box? Oh no, I got them off your mom's back. <laughs> Shit. That's where I always get my comeback. You wanna fucking go? No, we're gonna do this. You wanna fucking screw down with Nicholas Pellini? Listen. I can bring the fucking thunder as it's my got grows. So do I!
3: And he's got a switchblade. Oh shit! Whoa, oh shit, down. my weakness. he got a knife! This switchblade
2: is slowly growing into a mighty broadsword! Oh which I god! it's not all about size sometimes the shortest works are the best john green you're gonna be green with me when i cut off your fucking head
3: i cannot disagree
2: Shell silverstein i'll show you where the sidewalk ends when i throw you off the side of a cliff and you edgar Allan poe no one's gonna be raving about you motherfucker when i mutilate you and leave you in the bathroom for dead
1: hey that's pretty good thank
2: you now if you please i would like to eat my bad lunch in peace, you mother fuckers! Oh jeez!
4: Excuse me, uh it is me, uh, author of The Joy of Cooking, Irma S. Rombauer. Um, because, uh, you can find ingredients and recipes on, uh, Facebook and Pinterest now, uh, cookbooks seem to be going by the wayside, and, uh, editor T.S. Wiggles told me I need to reinvent myself in however way to maintain interest in, in me and my and my work. Um, because he saw an ingredient for, uh, a roast in my, uh, cookbook, he suggested I become a roast master. So, uh, Puffin, if you will allow me, I'm going to try to, um, to, uh, roast you all, uh, I. I hope i don't uh, uh, interrupt and uh, hurt your feelings <clears throat> uh S- saint paul is here this evening saint paul he uh, wrote the first letter to the corinthians uh second letter to the corinthians uh this guy's got more letters than the alphabet oh, okay uh <clears throat> okay uh, uh, uh mark twain Ma- mark twain's here everybody Mark Twain, uh, is your mustache white from old age? Or did Tom Sawyer's friends paint it white? <coughs> okay. Uh, this is not going as I expected. Oh, boy. Uh, let's, let's see here. Uh, author of 1984, uh, George Orwell is here. Uh, Big Brother may be watching, but no one's certainly reading. Uh, so, sorry. Uh, sorry about that. Oh, this is, this is not going well. Uh, Clive Cussler, everybody! Clive, Clive Custler! Clive! Did uh did uh your fascination with boats come before or after you heard the it isn't the size of the boat, but rather the motion of the ocean oh. rhyme. The joke is you have a have a small dick. Oh that one that one did pretty well, okay. Uh speaking of dicks, uh Harmon Melville! Uh Harmon Melville, your book is about the guy who finally found Moby Dick. Well if you lost some weight, maybe you could find your own dick. <laughs> okay, okay, let's feel the fire! I was feeling fine. These four walls can't hold me. I'm feeling good about this roasting. Jane Austen's here, everybody. Jane Austen, bitch, got a pussy like a Russian novel. It's way too big. And the ends of it are yellowed and dog-eared. And just like a Russian novel, all the brothers Dostoyevsky been in it. Oh, fuck.
0: Excerpts from the shared diary of Lewis and
3: Clark. First entry, March 12th, 1804. Set sail today from a building I assume will one day be called the Lewis and Clark Boathouse. Saw a fish. That was fun. My slaves seemed to like it. Clark and myself are very anxious about what this journey awaits for us. What treasures, what unique kind of landscapes will we find in the new territory? Another entry, dated March 15th, 1804. Our old Terry fell off the side of the boat today. So we got a new Terry. New Terry's a good rower. Not like old Terry. Old Terry didn't float. It is my greatest hope that new Terry floats. In celebration of the arrival of new Terry, here is a complete list of everything we have on board the boat. Four iron skillets. Nineteen rowers. One new Terry. A dog named Seaman. My slave. Really can't emphasize that enough.
0: Some Indian lady. Lewis.
3: Clark. Boat stuff. One of the most exciting prospects of this journey is how we can move forward and discover new lands, and also move so far backwards by still having slaves. True, we only have one, but that's still one way too many. Saw a new type of tree today, hopeful for the new land. Our slave hopes that there's freedom in the new land. There won't be.
0: Another entry,
3: March 18th, 1804, but a mere six days after Lewis and Clark set sail from the Lewis and Clark Boathouse. My slave asked me today, Mr. Meriwether Lewis, when will I be free? These United States are free from the tyranny of England, or whoever. Nobody really taught me what was happening, I was just kind of owned by men. And I said to my slave, progress schmogres. And I spit at him a little bit, saw a new kind of fish, it was nice. Random diary entry by New Terry. I don't know what's up with Lewis and Clark right now. They're convinced that we have actually left. We're not scheduled actually to leave for another two months. I'm worried for their sanity. They are talking to a dog named Seaman. New Terry out. So someone got hung up on the fact that our expedition was supposed to start on May 4th. I blame the slave. You know that feeling you have when you get in your car and you're looking at your phone before you start driving and the car parked next to you starts moving and you think, Oh God, I'm moving! I think all the the water and other boats have kind of done that to us. Also, what's a car? Meriwether Lewis would like it on the record that I love boats. I love boats a lot. I had my slave make a small boat on top of our large boat so that if our large boat were to go down, I could always get in the small boat. Saw a new kind of fish today that makes four? Erase question mark later for posterity, so as to not seem like a horrible racist monster who really likes new fish. I forget which one I am, but Lewis and I, Clark and I, whichever one, we felt really bad about old Terry falling off the boat for a long time, and then like six days after it happened, we realized that the boat never did leave the dock, and we're still anchored there, so that's kind of just on Terry. Not my fault! We're still living in St. Louis! We're still, yeah, we're still, that was Terry. Terry, how are you writing in this <laughs> while I'm writing in this? Merryweather Lewis, or William Clark, whichever one I am, would like it on the record that in the interest of perhaps saving old Terry from his terrible watery fate we attach new Terry to the end of a fishing line I don't like when you use a small fish to catch a large fish I don't know we're hoping that old Terry grabs onto new Terry desperately clinging for safety we know you don't approve a lot of people on this boat don't approve of what we're doing ask my slave I saw a new fish today it was really something
1: Hey, it's me, Gary Paulson. I'm here to list off for BuzzFeed.com. 10 things you do that anger your barista. Number one, ordering gift cards and ground coffee through the drive-thru. Just come inside. It's not that hard. Number two, ordering a cappuccino with light foam. Don't you understand? Cappuccino's mostly foam. You want a latte? Learn what words are. Number three, not knowing the sizes. Now I get that you might not know a venti from a grande. But I still understand the words medium and large. Number four, when you take a shit on the counter. I don't like it when you do that. It angers me. Number five, when you're drinking your coffee and you put poison in it. Poison for Cusco. Cusco's poison. Number six, when you kill my wife. I'd prefer if I didn't have to go through another wife. I wish that all five of my wives killed by Starbucks customers were still alive. Rather than Number seven, ordering an upside-down caramel macchiato. The point is that the shots are on top. What are you doing? Number eight, when you use your coffee to fuel the doomsday machine. Coffee is not the proper source of fuel. You need gasoline. Number nine, when you assault film critics on the internet for your opinion of superhero films. It's just rude, They're just doing their job. And number 10, the thing that most annoys your barista is when you walk into a Starbucks, you approach the counter. You look me right in the eyes, You kiss me on the mouth, really pisses me off. Go through the drive-thru and do that, you piece of shit.
3: Thank you, Tom. Uh, we'll be right back with a special story on house cats that can surf. But right now here in the studio, we have a very special guest for you, Betty White, here to discuss her new book, Golden Girl. Betty, how's it going?
2: Well, it's going just fine. How are you?
3: Betty, it's an honor to have you here in the studio.
2: Yes, it is.
3: Betty, oh, what an amazing uh, career that you've chronicled in this book. Uh, are there any any highlights uh, that you would like to uh, to share with us all?
2: Well, the war was going on in Menrod Port, and it was a really good day for me.
3: Now, um, for our viewers at home, which wars? I'm talking
2: about the Great War, the One War, the war to end all wars. The War of 1812.
3: Wait a second. Let me look at my calendar. Oh my god. I've been writing the dates wrong for so long now. It's 1812. Betty White, what happened in this war?
2: I don't really remember.
3: You're such a sweetheart, Betty.
2: Oh, I know it. And there's a very bright light, and then some horns.
3: Uh Uh-huh. Betty, um, this book that you gave me, your autobiography, I took the slipcover off, and it's a copy of the New Testament? Chapter 7 is Book of Revelation? Your point? Betty White, are we living in the end
2: times? Well, like you said, not to get philosophical, but yes.
3: Wait a second. Betty White, four golden girls, four horsemen of the apocalypse. (laughs) Betty White, have you come here to take us all?
4: Yes.
2: time, the end of days is upon us.
1: We gon' wreck humans. It's me, B Arthwar, one of the horsemen of the apocalypse.
2: Yes, B, we are all each a horseman in our own way.
1: That's right, Betty White Death. I, Estelle, pestilent sketty, plan on getting all the mortals very, very sick so they're all wriggled and shrewd like me.
3: And I, Rue Clan of Famine, plan on sleeping with all the men here on planet Earth so that they're all starved to death and dehydrated. Oh, it's gonna be a long night for me. Rue of Famine, here, drink this.
1: Mmm, what is this? Liquid clap. Me take two. Gug, 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 gug.
2: Well if we're all two with it, fear
1: pressure effective even in end of days. Get the
2: now. I'll go north. Get them you go south. Oh, you I go can't east wait and to go you south. go west all been building up into one big end of
1: days. If you go back and watch old episode Golden Girls, it all leave clues that we are horsemen. One where B. Arthur smash! And the time where my head just spins around and I speak backwards. And
3: one after a long night with several suitors, I refer to my vagina as a lake of fire. Ladies, time's ready. Your uh, stage is set and uh, everything's good, so at your leisure.
1: Time for Golden Girls Conquer the Earth. Thank you for being a <laughs> friend. <laughs> down that road and back again Your heart is true You're a pearl and a confident on And if you threw a party And invited everyone you knew You would see the biggest gift would be from me And the card or would say Thank you for being a friend The bumper.
0: Well, hello there, Mr. Big Time Movie Man.
3: Oh, that's me, Big Time Movie Man. May I help you? I'm here to pitch some motion pictures. That's great because that's what I'm in the business of. Good.
0: Um, may I ask your name? Well, I'm Jane Austen, author of many books that have been adapted into film. There's been Pride and Prejudice, there's been Sense and Sensibility, Love and Friendship, mm-hmm. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, and now I'm here to pitch my own works. Very exciting.
3: All right, let's let's hear what you
4: got, Jane.
0: All right, so here's my first one: Open on a stepfather who's not doing a particularly a good job of bonding with his kids, right? Mm, okay, and in college, teacher. he was this big lady-slaying madman. Oh, uh, not okay. the sabby kind, the penis kind. And, um... <laughs> not, and... not the
3: movie The Stepfather.
0: No, no, no. Like the movie The Animal House. Okay, gotcha. So, speaking of animals, okay. in order to teach this man a lesson about being a good father, uh-huh. a witch puts him in the body of an ape. And this movie shall be called Poon Rang tang It's kind
3: of like that old show 101 Good Deeds for Eddie McDowd, but with a monkey. It precisely. I like it, alright, okay. So
0: he's big and orange, he loves the pussy, but he can't have it anymore because he's a father. I bet that's <laughs> going to be smashing. Speaking of smashing,
3: yeah, smashing. have they
0: ever tried to make one of those incredible Hulk films? A couple times. Well, we're just going to ignore those and make our- own. Uh, Marvel's done that too. So it's about this man, a real shrimpy fella, and in college he was slaying Boontag, left and right, right? And uh-huh, uh, But he grows up to be a nuclear scientist. He's working with gamma radiation, the big bomb goes off and then his big bomb goes off and he grows a giant big penis every time he's mad. Every
3: time he's mad, he grows a giant big penis. Yes. When he's not mad, is he just like a kin doll down there? just completely...
0: He has a regular man penis, and every time he sees something to angus him, like a football score, or almost everything about the world today, he bursts out of his purple pants, and then in a fight with the Avengers or something. I don't know. We'll call it
3: Thor Ragnarok.
0: That's a bloody genius idea! I work in movies. Oh, right! I forgot that every decision revolving around movies
3: is fucking great! Yeah! I work in movies. I have a high opinion of myself. I'm a better-than-a-doctor.
0: I work in movies. Speaking of movies, mm-hmm. I've heard of some of this, And uh-huh. one of my favorites was always Troy. The movie about Troy, starring all those men. And I think one of them was named Paris, even though the <laughs> movie was called Troy. And a lot of them died by the end of this motion picture. Mm-hmm. So in mm-hmm. order to continue to capitalize on how popular this movie was, mm-hmm. we need to take it back. We need to rewind it. Oh. We need to make a prequel. Troy boys. They're walking along like the railroad tracks or like oh. some. Equivalent, and they find a dead Greek? Is that who they want?
3: This is great. We can open up a whole franchise. We've already got the middle movie. But we can come out with a prequel, Troy Boys. Troy Boys! And then we can come out with a third in the uh, the series, Troyhood, And it can follow 12 years of a soldier of Troy. Troy Hood! It took 12 centuries to make! <laughs> I work in movies! I'm brilliant! I don't see a single flaw with this
0: Troy Boys franchise! When you take a long time to make something, it's good! Automatically! Especially when you pick the most boring white child in all the world! Exactly! Who just takes pictures of shit! I wonder if Richard Linklater eats too much cheese, cause it took him 12 years to make a pile of shit! (laughs) (laughs) That guy needs to drink! The <laughs> The
3: thing he loves about
0: making films,
3: his audience gets older, but he keeps making the same film. Alright, all right, all you know right, what, right. I think
0: Boyhood is a really good base. So uh, right here, for the last part of our meeting, uh, we're just going to throw off plays on Boyhood. Sounds great.
3: I work in movies, this is brilliant.
0: Alright, good. The story of a little tree going into a big tree, we call it Boywood. Jennifer Lawrence uh, takes 12 years to make a new mob. Joyhood. A young boy achieving his first erection, Boywood. <laughs> Andy takes 12 years to give up his toys. Boy, Woody, a ghetto it populated entirely by African American males, called Boyhood. <laughs> A boy makes a mistake against a witch, turns into a fish. Coyhood.
3: A man inherits a 12-year supply of soy sauce. We can call it soyhood
0: or lechoyhood. A young man learns what it means to be Jewish. Oyhood. A
3: bad Homer Simpson impersonator spends 12 years perfecting this craft. Toyhood. A British urchin
0: really grows attached to his neighborhood. Moyhood. A movie about the quality songwriting of Mr. Roy Robinson. Roy's good. I forgot there's a second syllable in boyhood. This is so exciting. (laughs) There's another 50% to play. <laughs> a movie about Irma
3: Rombauer, the author of The Joy of Cooking, where she starts making kosher food. Koi food!
2: A
0: movie where a young man decides whether or not to go to college. Boy should! A precocious scamp moves in next door to real-life actor Woody Harrelson, and he becomes a menace in Woody's life. Annoy Wood!
3: Nintendo spends 12 years trying to come out with the next character in their Fire Emblem franchise, Roy Hood!
0: A sailor answers two questions asked to him back to back. The first is... Is that land over there? Then the cook comes up and asks, Was the dinner to your satisfaction? And he answers them in order. Ahoy! Good! I the money,
2: come on my honey. Let's land it, it, send
1: it and around. It's the Puffin Publishing Podcast! With TV's Kevin Lanigan, Tim Meadows, Particle Sam, The Particle Man, Dwayne Scooter, Joe Conroy, Jack Taints Tank, Steve Gutenberg, Scott Chodwell, Amanda Hug and Kiss, Sid and Marty Loft, Kid and Sarty Poft, Toby Nutberg, Justin Germeroff, Leo Thadado, the cast and crew of Doom to You, Vern Dooley! Special guests Avery Waddell as Edgar Allan Poe and Elizabeth Ann Swanson as Shell Silverstein and Betty White death. Musical guest Kalidas Buttspread, and your host with the most post roast Ghost Toast. Ladies and gentlemen, the end of the podcast. Tune in next month for another exciting series of sketches with the great literary minds in history. You can follow the Puffin Publishing Podcast on Twitter at PuffPuffPod and like us on Facebook. Don't put your hands in there. It's dirty. I need a lozenge and a fucking break. Have I done enough for you? Is this enough for you? Will you give me my daughter back? Gun? Damn it! Listen here, Don. You'll get your daughter back as soon as we do the next season. You son of a bitch! What <laughs> qualifies as a season on a podcast that no one is paying for? Exactly! <laughs> you motherfucker! I'll get Teresa back, you son of a bitch! By the way, here's something from your daughter. Oh my god! You cut off her toe! You monster! Why would you do this? Because...
2: Your hour beat.
1: Don Pardo is your bitch, ladies and gentlemen. This has been the pop and public
0: So he's big and orange, he loves the pussy, but he can't have it anymore because he's a father. And the stepfather's name, we can make it topical, can be Harry
3: Ambe. And when he becomes a monkey, he can be Harambe. Hi, I'm Lynn manuel Miranda, the creator of Hamilton. Go screw. This has been a Talkback Podcast.